Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's all of those things. It's Digestible Time, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. For those who are new to listening to this podcast, I do bing bongs every week. They're different every time. Who They're knows? They're not that different. Like, if that's what you're tuning in for, it's, you're not <laughs> going to be very impressed. Oh, excuse me. I've done many a bing bong of all different varieties. Disagree. All right. You might do a festive one. You might do something that's, I don't know, a song that you've been listening to, but I can never really tell the difference. Bing bong, bing bing bong, bing 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 I'm Claire Twenty. We are married. We recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to, and that's the show. You that's should, it. You should Google scat. You know, just set different varieties. And I see know what that comes scat. Up. I know what. I know scat is also another word for poo. <laughs> I know that. Okay. I. Okay. Side note: Before we get into this thing that this we do, this has just been side notes. But go on. Okay. I hate that you keep making jokes about poo all the time. I absolutely do not. You absolutely do. This is it. This is The it. other day you were like, what are you drinking, a hot cup of poo? And I'm like, no, it's gross. But that's classic it's comedy. No, I'm sick of it. I am putting a halt to it. I'm calling, I'm calling a meeting of the heads of our household and I'm saying no more poo jokes. Yeah, well, that's I, I don't even I know mean, what to say to that. I mean, we live with a seven-year-old, so exactly. It's we we live with children, and that's just not a not a reality. Some of the monkeys walk around going, "Have you done a giant fluffy?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh. Just keep them busy so much. It's hilarious. Anyway, should we get into whatever the recommendations are? I think we should, James. I think we should. So, for also for new listeners, because I don't know why, but I just felt like saying it. The way that it works is James brings in some things that he's watching, reading, and listening to. I bring some things that I'm watching, reading, and listening to. Ugh. We swap notes. And then, then we have a lovely little end of the show where we like read an email, read a review, and then that's it. That's the show. That's yeah, all. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. All that's right. Stop yawning. I'm no. excited about mine. Are you going to go first? Okay, or sure. I? I've got two. Both Gentlemen's of my... first, as they say. Both of my things are set in the 80s. One oh. of them was actually made in the 80s, which was the reason why it's set in the 80s. Would but you... I'm going to start with white noise, Claire. Right. So it's set in the 80s when you were, what, 15? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? I've had hot chocolate before we came. I'm really on fire. Oh, really? Because I'm like, I'm falling apart. And you were just like, bam, bam. And I'm like, oh, Stick in the boot. I can't, I can't retaliate. It was my special hot chocolate too with cacao powder and honey and turmeric and cinnamon. It's real good for you. I'd rather drink a cup of poo. Uh, so, Claire. I said White that Noise yes. is a movie directed by Noah Baumbach, who also, oh. uh, who also wrote and directed it. It stars Greta Gerwig, who you might know. I love her. She's also directing the Barbie movie that's coming out I this know. year. I uh, know. Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Do you love it? Is Adam Driver handsome or not? Go. As we always have said, he, incredibly so. I knew it. Incredibly Andre so. Andre 3000? Yes. I don't know who that is. Is that Hey Ya Guy? What? 
He's in. He's in Outcast. He's oh, he's like. Oh, outcast. actually, he's hey. Yeah, he's also an actor. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Among many. Uh, waka, waka, waka. Is that how it goes? But, yeah, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> no. uh, and Raffi Cassidy. So here's the synopsis. Just before you get onto it, I love the way he walks in that video clip. Great. That's really good. Continue. So college professor Jack Gladney, Adam Driver, and his mm-hmm. family's comfortable suburb- suburban life is upended when a nearby chemical leak causes the airborne toxic event, releasing a noxious black cloud over the region that forces the Gladney family to evacuate. So you might be like, oh, is this one of those apocalyptic family whatever whatever situation and you would be correct no it is absolutely oh, it's not what? that at all oh. i just want to point this out from the get-go this is absolutely not for everybody i feel like you'd uh you, if you watch this for like five ten minutes and you're like i don't this is a weird rhythm and I, I'm, I'm not sure i'm i'm with this i could uh, i can totally understand that but i i really like that because it's the the interactions between people it's kind of it plays out it's kind of like a stage play and the language is kind of very flowery and precise and there's this weird rhythm, like an exaggeration and thought process to everything. And there's like an unreality to it because the situations that I, I can't, I'm not, I'm not explaining it well because it's kind of hard to explain where, when people are talking to themselves, it doesn't, doesn't feel real. It's like a heightened kind of almost academic reality, which is also, you know, because the Adam Driver's character in it, he is an academic. He's like a, his area is uh, like the rise of Nazis in, in, in Germany, right? So he's in this role at university where there's a bunch of other like weirdo academics and they have these kind of these all these pointless and like kind of bombastic and stupid but also really interesting conversations around their like chosen topics. And it's almost like a bizarre and like mockery of academia, but it's also not. It's also more like a heightened version of it. So there's that going on. And then there's the cloud that's threatened to poisoning everybody. And it, it's also about like death and family and mortality and relationships and all of these d- different elements to it. I'm not explaining this well because it's just like a real odd duck of a movie, you know? <laughs> Much like Adam Driver. Much like Adam Driver. A sexy odd duck. Who though, is handsome and which giant. Which is my genre of men. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I, you know, people, ever since he worked out how to put his hair over his ears, he's... <laughs> <laughs> completely changed uh, how, how he's perceived. so true. Um, you know who else has done that? Who? Good old Jay, what's he, JT, not JTT. Justin Timberlake. No, you know who I mean. He's in 10 Things I Hate About You and he wasn't that hot. And he's then he Ledger, got real Joseph hot. Gordon-Levitt? Yes. He doesn't wear his hair over his ears. No, but he had really sticky out of ears in 10 Things I Hate About You. Did he? And either he had them pinned back or he just grew into his head and face. I don't know. Something happened between that movie and then many other movies where he got incredibly hot. It's a good movie. I'm not quite sure why. I think it's the odd duck thing. Yeah. It's the odd sexy duck. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know he's so good in that lip sync battle that I know you don't like, but I love those lip sync battles. It's still going. I have no idea. But I loved him in that one particularly. Anyway, what continue. song did he sing? Quack quack, I'm an odd sexy duck. What, what, he sang quack quack, I'm a quack, sexy quack, duck. Quack quack, I'm a sexy duck. Do you remember what I'm he sang? I'm a sexy duck. That's him. That's what he sang. He's, those always pop up on Twitter. Five sexy they? ducks went out them. one day over the hill. There's something and about far those lip sync battles that I just and I know there is talent to it because there's a lot of dancing and physicality. Daddy you know, you duck gotta sell said, the performance. Quack 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 quack. <laughs> you got to sell the performance, but I just don't like it. I don't know what it is. I just don't like it. I don't know. I know why. Why? Because you're a sad, sexy odd duck. 
Well, at least I'm sexy and you're sad. A sa- you're a sad. My you just don't things. like a lot of things. You I don't just know. find I just... you think you find joy and fun irritating. No, I find organized fun. Do you irritating. like karaoke? No, I don't. Exactly. It's basically karaoke with like more planning. Yeah, but so you just don't like joy, and that's okay. No, I don't like other people's idea of joy. <laughs> you can say other people's joy. No, I like other people's joy. I just don't <laughs> want to be part of it. I know. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. And are you feeling like all these lip sync battles are like forcing other people's joy on no, you? No, I know. I whatever, let them do it. But I watch that and I'm just like, whatever. Okay, well, I know. I there's the love there's it. a very famous one that's like Tom Holland does. Um, I'm on Tom Holland. I'm bloody Tom Holland. I'm famous Tom he, Holland. He does Umbrella. You've probably Hello, seen I'm that Spider-Man. one. I'm Spider-Man. I'm Tom Holland. I'm upside down. <laughs> Hello. What are you doing here today? I don't know. I'm just coming in to say that James is an old sexy duck. Thanks, Tom. Oh, not an odd one. An old one now. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. That was accurate. You're looking up at the roof like there's someone there. <laughs> Tom Holland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I just don't care. Anyways, this is also the same writer, director who wrote and directed Marriage Story. So that it's it's interesting because that one is also the, the thing about white noise is it's it's got a, a heavy focus on relationships in particular marriage and family mm. as does Marriage Story, but they're totally different. Like Marriage Story is, or arguably I guess like very accurate and like a, it feels like you're watching somebody have like a fight. And you're, yeah. like, you're like in the room and you're like, oh, should I say something? Should I leave? Yeah, you know? it's, it's very intense. Also, I will say my favourite part is when we hit um, the, the wall and mar- goes, ah! <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, I was going to say my favourite part is that part, you know, when the Muppet comes in? When the, oh, yeah, absolutely. In the fight? <laughs> So if anyone who doesn't know, James is one of James's most viral Twitters of all time was when he superimposed a Muppet. I did Muppet marriage story. Yeah, and literally, I think it's still, it is, it's still pinned at your Twitter because I think it's one of your most successful like videos. Might be the best thing I've ever done. It might might be, and it only goes for a couple of minutes. I know, and I made that. I reckon I made that in about two minutes. Yeah. And it's got... 700,000 views. <laughs> God, that's from four years ago, Funny. really. There you go. I should that. probably let this go as a pinned tweet. But every now and then it comes around, like people like go, this is great. And I'm like, I know. It's the best <laughs> thing I've ever done. Anyway, white noise. I recommend it because it's Excellent. good. Right. Um, again, not for everybody. Weird rhythm. Uh, it's sort of about a poisonous cloud, sort of. I know there's been a bunch of like train derailments in the US as well where that's like really happened and people have lost their homes and whatever. So that's terrible. Uh, but this was before that. I mean, that, that's always kind of happened. Hello, dog. How did you get in? I don't trust you. Um, anyway, what do you got? Ooh, all right. Excellent. Okay. Hello. That sounds cool. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm also a fan of white noise in general, particularly for sleeping babies. And it goes like, yeah, no, no. What? White noise, excellent for baby sleeping. That white noise nap app, amazing. Mm. Put that on your phone if you're desperate while you're trying to. Ooh. That's not the sound of white noise. No, anyway, it's more like this. Ooh. All right, Wait. moving right along. Ah. Okay, old, old duck. What do you got? I want to talk about a really amazing new song that's just come out. Well, I don't want to talk about that. Um, there's an artist called Jessie Ware who I bloody love. She hosts a podcast called Table Manners with her mother. You've talked about this Yes, who is hilarious as well and it's so fun. She basically gets a guest, like a famous celebrity, come to their house, her mum cooks for them and they talk about food memories and it's just the best and gorgeous and she has pink on just recently for their new season. However, 
Her upcoming album, That Feels Good, is her latest release. It's going to be out soon and I cannot is wait. She, is she a big musician? She's a very big musician. She does a lot. Of, James is trying dog. to pick up this dog. What has happened today? We're really loose. We're trying to pick her up and she just kind of like, you know when toddlers put their arms up so you can't grab yeah. them? She did that to me. But she's also pouring at me to Such climb up. strange dog, You're the this weirdest one. dog. This is Why our so puppy weird? who's a beagley and she's just all kinds of odd. Anyway. Yeah, she's a strange one. But we love you, Zippy. So this particular song, it's kind of disco is her vibe. Yeah. Um, and really amazing. Like her stage presence is incredible. Vocally, she's really, really cool. Her tiny desk um, videos are amazing on YouTube as well. She does kind of incredible dance routines and these like high disco kind of numbers. They're like inspired by artists like Donna Summer, Evelyn Champagne King, Tina Marie, and Shaka Khan. Oh, this is this song Pearls has just released and it's just full of joy and dance and escapism. And what I like about it as well is she's a mother. And so it has this kind of kind of gravitas to it in this way where it's super grounding in the reality of being a mum and trying to wear about a million hats. The lyrics that go, let it go, let me dance and shake it till the pearls get lost. It's kind of like her being really sexy and joyful and free while also Mm. being a mother and wearing all the hats we do. And unsurprisingly, I really resonate with all of that and it's also just a bloody jolly good time. The first single of this album was Free Yourself, which is also really excellent, but Pearls is by far my favourite. The video clip looks bloody spectacular and I'm so excited for this whole album to drop. Actually, her she made like kind of almost a short film that was her video clip for Remember Where You Are, which I used as a bit of inspiration for my video clip for the album okay. for um, Fear to Feel. And it's an incredible sort of look at London during the pandemic. Mm. So um, Is this when they, she filmed a bunch of stuff when... Yeah, uh, it was yeah, completely this, uh, empty and it's just such a beautifully shot video as well. It's really good. I'm sorry about all the rustling in the background. That's so our dog. Now out. she's sitting in a chair. Th- she somehow opened the door and got in. I don't know. She's an odd, odd one. Zippy, off you go. You're going outside. Oh, let me go. Let me dance. Shake it till the pearls get lost. Let me go. All right. Are you, are you done bragging about your gym routine over there? Ooh, anyway, go on. Sorry. All right. Anyway. Yeah. So Jessie Ware, I recommend going back through her back catalogue and listening to everything um, What's Your Pleasure is an incredible song. Mm-hmm. Go and watch her videos on YouTube. She's just so cool. And also the, her podcast is amazing. But this particular song, Shake It to the Pearls Get Lost, honestly, it's just brilliant. So so would you say joy, joyful? Joyful, freeing, Yuck. fun, all of it. British musician, Jessie Ware, smashing it out of the park. The album is going to be spectacular. I can feel it in my bones. Um, and I also just bloody love it when women go and smash things, particularly when they're also mothers and having to do all that stuff too. God knows how she does all the things she does. She's bloody great. All right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Over to you. Wow. Well, I'm going to recommend the movie E.T. from 1982. Now, I, I, I talk about this. I talk about it. I bring this to you now, Claire. I actually briefly talked about it on The Weekly Planet, but I watched it uh, with our son on the weekend. He was like, we're still moving on. I'm like, there's still movie night. He's like, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, I don't want to watch. I'll pick a movie. And I'm like, do I start the Star Wars prequels? I'm like, oh, I just watched it. Star Wars prequels. But then today he brought home the junior novelization of episode three, Revenge of the Sith. He's like, look at this. And I'm like, oh no, that's that's a, you can't even, you can't read that one yet. You gotta read the other ones or whatever. Anyway, that's unrelated. Oh. Should I watch the Star Wars prequel? So I'll watch E.T., which anyway has a lot of links to Star Wars, which is one of the things he loves about it. There's a moment where like Elliot is showing E.T. all these different Star Wars figures and all the names. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, it's Star Wars figures. Look at that. There's a moment where E.T. sees Yoda. Like a kid dressed up as Yoda and he's like, uh, and he goes to like follow him, which is weird because whatever the name <laughs> of the alien E.T. is, whatever species there are, they're in Star Wars. So that means that E.T. exists in the Star Wars universe, but also in the universe of E.T., like however long later in, in on the human world or whatever, somehow they have knowledge of Star Wars happening because he recognizes Yoda. He's like, I fucking know this guy. I've seen this guy before. I saw him in Star Wars. Do you see what I'm saying, Claire? I see what you're saying. But yeah, could it's it be that he saw the figurines? No, he saw Yoda because he, he was alive during Star Wars Episode One, or his species was, and apparently he's like 10 million years old as well. Steven Spielberg recently said that. Who, E.T.? He's 10 million. That's and also not in, a he. That's so many. Not gender specific, oh, Claire. Oh, I like and that. And like the physiology of like a plant. Oh, what? Yeah, I don't know. I love that. This is all E.T. stuff. I don't even stuff. know how that works, but I love E.T. Anyways, this is directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Melissa Matheson. Everybody knows this movie, but here's the synopsis. An alien is left behind on Earth and is saved by young Elliot decides to keep him hidden. While the task force hunts for it, Elliot and his siblings form an emotional bond with their new friend. Stars Henry Thomas, who's like 50 now. Dee Wallace as their mother, who's amazing in this movie, by the way. Uh, Robert McNaughton. Drew Barrymore, the youngest Drew Barrymore you've ever seen in your goddamn life. She's like five years old. This movie, like, I remember liking it as a kid or whatever. I brought it up to my siblings recently. They're like, they're like, that movie sucks. It's boring. Disagree. If It's incredible. It's an incredible movie, Claire. Do you agree that E.T. is an incredible movie? I absolutely- That's right, it is. <laughs> it just feels so real and lived in. It's like, again, me and Mason were talking about this, but... Like, the way they build the house, and it's a set, obviously, because, you know, it just feels like a real, ha- like, I don't know what it is about the clutter in particular and the way, like, the kids' rooms are set up and the refrigerator and all these different things. It just feels like a real place and everybody's real and all the clothes are real, you know what I mean? Mm. Just, they don't feel, like, store-bought and they've just, like, worn them on the day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so lived in and, like, tactile and so many movies now and it's not every movie, but like they just they don't have that, you know. It's just and the relationships are so real, but they don't also touch on them. You you, you find out that like Elliot's dad is no longer there anymore, and his mum is like clearly having a terrible time of that. But mm. they don't delve into like really why or what happened or her feelings about it or whatever. It's kind of just like a background element to this story about an alien or whatever. It's the puppeteering on ET also is is amazing. It's like incredible. They actually updated it a few years ago to make it. They put like a CGI model in to like uh. enhance some of it. And I'm like, no, don't do that. There's even a moment, it's controversial, where you remember where the kids are riding on bikes and they're trying to get ET back yeah, to the yeah, ship. Yeah. And they're like, let's get out of here. Let's steal ET. 
And there's a whole bunch of cops like blocked up, block off the street and they like they fly over the cars. You probably remember it's famous. They changed all the cops like shotguns to radios like Spielberg like altered them. So ah. the cops are like holding radios to, I don't know, to, like sanitize. They've changed it back since. Spielberg was like, I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. It's incredible. Like it's. I mean, it's also written by, uh, did I miss, mention this, Melissa, Melissa Matheson, who I think doesn't get enough credit for this because the story of it, like, it's it's this obviously, like, all good stories. It's the story, the writing of the story, which keeps it all together. I think I told you this recently as well, and Drew Barrymore, I think, was talking about this on her talk show where she brings people in and she's like, I love you, I fucking love you, and everyone cries. Have you ever seen that show? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That they kept the E.T. puppet alive for her. They just paid it to like op- paid the guy to like operate it because she'd often go over and talk to it like in between sets, yeah. and they didn't want it to just like slump like <laughs> like, like lifeless exactly. So oh she didn't she didn't know that it wasn't real. real. Thought it was like a like a guy or whatever. Wow. Um, and what's interesting about this also, and I feel like this wouldn't happen now. There was going to be a sequel to this. They went to Spielberg. It was like the biggest movie. I think it was even bigger than Star Wars or something, whatever. It was huge. Like, it's a huge movie. The kind of movie that also wouldn't make that kind of money now, you know? Yeah. You have yeah. to, like, be the end of a franchise or an Avatar movie or whatever the fuck, you know? And they said, can you do E.T. too? And he went away and they thought of an idea and the idea was that, like, these aliens come back, to, these aliens come to Earth and Elliot's like, E.T.'s back, I love him or whatever. And them... Uh, and and then it's they're, they're like white ETs and they're like evil and they kidnap Elliot and then ET oh. has to go rescue them or whatever. There's also a sequel book also which is, isn't great. But also the the best part of this movie I feel as well is the relationship between Elliot and his family and also ET because it's it's really like it's quite grim. You know, it's just a sad movie at times and not mm. ultimately like. But also it kind of is because if you've seen E.T., you know, at the end, it's it's a, like a bittersweet kind of ending and it's they really sell it. And the John Williams score, like, it just – it's one of those movies It's just – it's an absolute, like, unicorn of, like, a production, you know? Like, just mm. every single element of that movie works. And even if, like, some of the special effects, like, you know, the bike flying or whatever, you know, might not look like you'd do it now. It just – it feels so, like, real and, like, a, an imaginative and – and like the wonder of it is really handled well, and the kids feel really real as well. It's it's terrific. I I, I will say this, and I did this for our son. Um, just warn your kids going in like what it is, because I know people. I've spoken to people about this, and they were like horrified by this movie as a kid because there's elements of it that kind of feel scary, but they're not. Like when you first find ET, if you didn't know what it was, you'd be like, what was happening? This is a terrifying thing. And if you tell them like it's an alien or whatever and it's friendly and et cetera, then that's, that will be fine. Well, that's how it was for me anyway. But, yeah, anyway, I recommend the movie E.T. <laughs> I really want to go and watch it again now. I mean I, I loved terrific. it at the time. I actually find it almost painful to watch. It is painful. But yeah, not in the way of like, oh, I hate it, as in it's so emotionally charged Yeah, that I remember as a kid it, like watching it probably more as a teenager, and the visceral nature of it because it's so real. You're right. Yeah. And the feelings in it are so beautifully drawn and heart-wrenching and it's spooky in parts as well. And, yeah, oh, yeah, it I is remember, spooky. I'm so glad it holds up because I remember it being, like, extraordinary when I saw it. There was it a – stays with you. Yeah. There yeah. was a Comcast uh, t- sequel with the original actor called E.T., A Holiday Reunion, where he comes back in like 2019. He's like, Elliot, I'm back and I, 
and I bring you Comcast special deals or whatever. It's not as bad, bad as that, but it's like it's about family and whatever and it's had the dog got back in yet again. Anyways, do you have another I certainly do. That's how this show works. Okay, so during this week I have been seeing quite a few concerts, which is really cool for me because I don't always get out and about. And particularly because the album's kind of come out now, I just feel like I've got sort of, I don't know, all this energy to burn. Really? You don't seem like you have that much energy when you come out and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I know. I've been wrecked. I'm dying. Anyway, so I want to talk about today an incredible how do I explain K-Tempest? So if you don't know who they are, they're a non-binary English spoken word performer, poet, recording artist, novelist, singer, and playwright. Mm. K is an extraordinary human being, universally acclaimed for their artistry and rapping and emphatically also their singing too, which they've moved into more recently. Okay. Um, and so their debut album was Everybody Down, but actually in 2014 they were age 27 and at that point had a trademark wild mane of red hair. Mm. Tempest emerged as a symbol of politically frustrated youth in Britain. Mm. So in concept albums they articulate the wild emotional dichotomy of a generation troubled not just by drugs, loves and loneliness but by financial inequality, global instability and environmental catastrophe. So artistically They walk the line between two worlds. So they're equally powerful as a writer and a rapper and musician on stage at the Forum, which is where I saw them perform. Yeah, yeah. But also as a political advocate addressing an audience of, say, Q&A, which is like a current affairs kind of debate show on our um, Australian broadcasting network. Kay Tempest, I think, changed my life in so many ways. Yeah, the depth of their poetry alone. So putting their music aside, there's a book they've written called On Connection, Mm. which is it's kind of hard to articulate in words, um, but somehow Kay manages to explain the human condition in a way that allows you to sink really deeply into yourself, into your inner knowing, into your connection with the world, while also being incredibly charged and angry at the current state of affairs, while also looking really deeply at the beauty of humanity. So Kay manages to kind of draw you into their energy and world. And when I saw them perform live, Mm. It was extraordinary. You sort of have to work incredibly hard because they speak so fast and they have these incredible beats and live music kind of swirling underneath them. But it's almost like being hit by lightning. You kind of get absorbed into the storytelling, into often really mundane commentary about their life or their experience, but that ends up, you know, talking about the ordinary actually ends up being the extraordinary because in the tiny things in life, you often find the hugest things. Oh. So, for for example, they write about people's faces and how they find calm and peace in people's faces. Anybody's faces? Yeah, just in, hum, in human nature. Or they write about the feeling of feeling stuck and small and of your dreams having passed you by, mm. of thinking you were going to be one person and then the reality of what your life has actually become. So in one moment it's incredibly joyful and then the next minute it's utterly heartbreaking 
in Kay's ability to really incisively describe the human experience. Yeah, right. So I, I don't know if I'm articulating it very well. It's almost like you have to listen to it to really understand what I mean. I would say they have audio books too, so you can listen yeah. to them, read their audio book on connection. I would really um, recommend. But also you can go on Spotify and listen to their music. Um, their music is just amazing. So uh, just to give you a little background as well, um, in 2020 Tempest revealed they were non-binary and spoke of the pain gender dysphoria had caused throughout their life. At the age of 16, Tempest was accepted into the Brit School for Performing Arts and Technology in Croydon. In 2013, they won the Ted Hughes Award for their work, Brand New Ancients. Mm. They were named a Next Generation Poet by the Poetry Book Society, a once-in-a-decade accolade. Tempest albums, Everybody Down, as I mentioned, and then Let Them Eat Chaos, have been nominated for the Mercury Music Prize and the latter's accompanying poetry book, also titled Let the Meet Chaos, was nominated for the Costa Book of the Year in the poetry category. And their debut novel, The Bricks That Built the Houses, was a Sunday Times bestseller and won the 2017 Books Are My Bag Reader's Award for Breakthrough Author. It's just, there's just so much and so much writing and an extraordinary breadth of work and depth of work. So I would totally recommend going to check out Kay Tempest. Maybe I will. Yeah, I really think you should. I really actually think you'd enjoy the music itself is really cool and is quite an accessible way to get into their art. But But do you think um, then there's other things like beyond that though which are? Oh, I think all of it together. It's almost like following their I haven't looked really at their plays or any of that but um yeah. any of it really God, if you just went and google prolific, yeah yeah and and kind of also I would say it sounds really grim <laughs> but it's actually really you kind don't of, listen to it and go oh no in spots it's actually quite funny or it's absorbing and it's like really entertaining and they're really funny and kind of self-deprecating and gorgeous as well and humble very humble yeah, okay. too. So if you haven't heard of Kay Tempest before, I highly recommend going to find out more about them because they're extraordinary. And touring always, I'd imagine? Yeah, at the moment, yeah. So they were performing here in Melbourne at the Forum and now I think they're off to New Zealand potentially. New Zealand. But they're originally from Britain, so I'm sure they'll be around the later traps. in the year, around the there. traps. Gotcha. For sure. Cool. Well, you know what? Uh, you don't have to be anywhere or go anywhere to review the show, though. That's one of the beauties of it. That's one of the great things. And we actually got uh, some reviews, which was good because we ran out of reviews and now we have some reviews. But maybe not not enough reviews forever. We need more, more reviews ones. are really good. I've got this one from William Shultheus. Uh, five stars. Just in app. Just do it in your app of choice. Will says, I'm on the suggestible diet. I see suggestible. I suggest a suggestible, especially the podcast suggestible, which I suggest to my friends who don't listen to suggestible. I really enjoyed that one. said. Listeners, you're clever. That's a good one. I like that one. I would argue that 70% of the people who listen are smarter than us. I would say almost 100%, especially the bog experts. No, you don't see YouTube comments. (laughs) 
The bugger 30% of people are just the dumbest people you'll ever hey, meet in your no, life. Hey, no, that's a terrible thing I'm to not say. saying How these people. How dare you disrespect our listeners? We are, they are, as I've already said to you, the creme de la creme of the okay, listenership. Okay, calm down. Definitely. I know. I can sense it. I can sense it. I also have an email. If you would like to email the show with a recommendation. Why would I? I'm on the show. I know. Well, not you personally. I'm speaking ah. to listeners. You can. It's just You can send us a voice memo if you would like to actually have your dulcet tones on the show. Just record a little voice memo in app and email it to me. I would love that. And I have, bing bong, a musical recommendation from the wonderful Gemma Louise. Hi, Claire and James. First of all, thanks for such a great podcast. It never fails to make me giggle and accidentally snort in a public place. Nice. My boyfriend is a longtime listener of the Weekly Planet and introduced me to Suggestible. More successful. It was my first and remains my favorite podcast. Oh, I thought you were going to say boyfriend. He was my first and remains my favorite boyfriend. (laughs) Well, Well, that would be nice. Who knows? Anyway, moving right along. I'd like to recommend an album by Australian band Gang of Youths. Gang of Youths. That's called scary Angel to me. in Real Time. I love Gang of Youths. They're I don't awesome. like I don't trust The album them. is about the death of lead singer David Lopope's father. I, I think I pronounced that wrong. Yeah, you know. Um, and it is a beautiful, heartfelt album about grief. It's one of those albums where I can't pick a favorite song as they are also great, but if you're going to only listen to one, make it Brothers. Okay. Also, on the subject of albums, congrats on your release, Claire. Thank you. As a musician that has recently graduated from a course in songwriting, I'm constantly hearing songs that are super formulaic and designed to be completely universal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was so refreshing to hear the love and honesty in your album. I believed every word and it reminded me of the main reason we all got into music in the first place, to work through and release those tough emotions, easily forgotten as we immerse ourselves in the beast that is the music industry. It's true. Love from the UK. Gemma. Oh, what a delightful email. Oh, Gemma, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That was so lovely. Thank you for listening to the old album that I made. I also listened to it just so you know. Now, don't you have something to spruik? Do you have something to say? Oh, I do. What do I have something to say? Oh, yes, I do. If you are in Melbourne, I'm doing a little low-key gig at a pub on the 9th of March at 8 (laughs) p.m. And it's at the Luli Tavern, which is just near Victoria Park Station in Abbotsford. It's a free entry one, this one. What? Free? I know. Tables and chairs to sit on so you can have a little chip, have a little beer or a pint or a little whiskey or something. I'm going to be singing some tunes from 8 o'clock and there'll be a DJ afterwards. So if you want to be in bed early... It'll all be done and dusted by like 9, 30, 10. I don't have a lot. I don't have supports or anything. It's not one of those gigs where you think it starts at 8 and then you rock up and then it goes for bloody hours. Yeah. And there's like lots of different supports. No, no, no. It'll just be me and then a DJ afterwards. So yep. free entry. I will be I would DJing. I'd love to see you there. <laughs> yes, you will be. You'll be DJing. Anyway, so that's happening. I'll have some little merch and some records set up. So if you'd like to come and say hello and grab some merch, I would love that too. And, yeah, so that is happening next Thursday, 8 p.m. Uh, at the Lily Tavern in Abbotsford in Melbourne. And I have plans to tour around a little bit. So keep your eye out and your ears out. I'll be putting up some links on my website for more dates in the next little while. Woo! Woo-hoo! Anyway. Well, what, a, what an era. It's time to leave. It is. But it's not always time to leave. It's not. But now it is. It is. We'll be back next week for more Suggestible. We will. Uh, more suggestions. Thank I you. I might even watch Steven Spielberg's latest movie, The Fablemans, which is oh. about his love of cinema and his family or whatever. Why do I think it won't hold up to the, the standards of ET? Apparently it's very good. You know? All right. Excellent. Cool. I'm going to go and listen to more Jesse Ware. And shake it till the pearls get lost. Yeah. I actually thought it was fall off, but I don't know. 
Maybe it is get lost. Who knows? Who cares? How about that? Oh, let me go, let me dance. I shake it till the pearls get lost. It's so good. What about the pearls? What, what happens to them? I don't know. You just get lost. They just get lost. I think that's ridiculous. They're expensive. You should look after your pearls nah. if you have any. Thank you, Collins, for editing this week's episode. We really appreciate it. We've been suggested podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 